Welcome to Box Talk, a podcast for affiliates and coaches, powered by Box Pro Magazine. Welcome to this episode of Box Talk. I am here with yet again another special guest. I always say that, but they are always special. So can you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Jamie Gallagher. I'm the owner of CrossFit Burke. We are located in Fairfax, Virginia, about uh, 30 minutes outside of Washington, D.C. All right. Not a not a bad location, if I say so myself. East Coast is pretty nice. D.C., close to the capital. You know, you're where things happen, so that's pretty cool. But um, awesome. Well, Jamie, I'd love to just start out, hear your story, just kind of, you know, uh, figure out how you came to be here at CrossFit Burke, um, how you came to find CrossFit and all that jazz. Sound like a plan? Sounds good. All right. Go for it. All right. So I guess the best place to start is, well, at the beginning. Um, in 2006, I was a second lieutenant in the Marine Corps, and I was stationed in Quantico, Virginia. That's uh, at this school called the Basic School. It's where they send all the second lieutenants to uh, learn how to lead Marines, and then uh, they go to their follow-on school, whatever sort of job that they, they've been chosen for. Um, it was during this time that my captain, who um, uh, he, who was in charge of us, he was an early adopter of CrossFit. And so back in 2006, he started training us in CrossFit. And um, I went to a small school in Ohio called The Ohio State University. And uh, while I was there, I, um, I did back and buys on Monday, chest and tries on Tuesday, you know, legs on Wednesday, shoulders on Thursday, buys and tries on Friday. And, you know, some, some sort of rep scheme like that or, or programming scheme like that. And uh, when I was introduced to CrossFit, it, it totally changed the way that I looked at my own fitness because it, it made me more fit. I was already I, I thought I was pretty fit before then. Um, and uh, CrossFit made me realize that I was not as fit as I thought I was. So take that. That was a six month school. And then, um, I get stationed in Japan. I start training my Marines in CrossFit. My platoon starts outperforming the other platoons. So, um, eventually my battalion commander wanted me to train the battalion in CrossFit. Well, to do that, you know, you have to get your level one and this is in late 2007, so in January 2008, I uh, went to a CrossFit Level 1 certification and at, in Okinawa where I was stationed. And th- there's, uh, there's three gentlemen that, that came out there to, to do the Level 1. Uh, we may know them, uh, Greg Glassman, Dave Castro, and Andy Stump. And, uh, and so uh, those, those gentlemen uh, were my first uh, Level 1 staff, which was Totally, totally awesome. But I had no idea what that would have, what that, where that was going to take me. So now I'm training my Marines. Um, in 2009, 2010, I get stationed back on the East Coast, and I, uh, I'm thinking about leaving the Marine Corps and maybe getting into the fitness business. Well, I don't know if I'm any good at this fitness thing, so I, I started this. CrossFit program at, at my base and I trained Marines and civilians, you know, that, that worked at that base, um, for, uh, uh, three days a week, you know, an hour a day. And I had, you know, young Marines, uh, Marines in their thirties and forties, uh, civilians in their thirties, forties, fifties, all ability levels. And I, I had a knack for connecting with people. And so that spurred me to want to, uh, maybe do this full time, but I still didn't have the reps in me 
to, I think, open up a gym, let alone like lead a class like in a real CrossFit gym. So I started training at a gym called Trident CrossFit. It's in Alexandria. Uh, Chris and Andrea Smith, uh, I don't know if they've been on your podcast, but I know they've been interviewed by you and in your magazine and stuff like that. They're, they're my first mentors uh, in CrossFit, uh, oh. first direct mentors. Yeah, they're, they're mm -hmm. awesome people. And mm -hmm. so I made my bones uh, learning how to coach for them. And they were really supportive from the very beginning. I told them, I said, I don't know if I'll ever do this, but I do have an eye on opening my own gym someday. And I, I just want to let you know up front that I'm going to work my butt off for you guys. I want to learn everything I can. And they were totally supportive of it. And, um, and so, uh, I did that for about two and a half years, plus some other things. I did like a little CrossFit boot camp in my neighborhood. Um, I was a personal trainer at a gym. So the fitness business is a real hustle. Um, you know, not only when you own your own facility, but absolutely when you're going from job to job, trying to, to make ends meet. So I did that for about two, two and a half years. And then, um, I found, I found a space that eventually became CrossFit Burke and we opened in December of 2013. So that is sort of the medium, the medium length version of, uh, how I came to, uh, open CrossFit Burke. Wow. I did not realize all of that. So basically you went from Japan to Virginia and you spent mm -hmm. years like researching and training and, and getting to the point where you could open the box, which I think is really neat that you spent so much time learning. And I had no idea that you knew Andrew and Chris and that they were your mentors. So they're, they're, mm -hmm. they're pretty awesome people, if I say so myself. I'm a little biased, but they're pretty great. Yeah, they're great. So, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're cool. Fascinating. So um, I'm just kind of curious, what was it like going from, you know, training and, and, and researching, you know, I would, I would probably call it researching and like, you know, being under their mentorship and then like moving into owning a business, like what kind of mentality change did you have to have? Um, well, that's a great question. And it's also part of my story. Um, I'm just, you listeners can't see this, but I'm, uh, I'm, uh, wondering what my dog's doing. Oh, my wife just got home. Hey, oh, okay. So, but, um, <laughs> that's why my dog was uh, barking in the background. But, uh, so, you know, one of the things that I sort of pride myself on is that I know what I don't know. Hmm. And I know how to teach the air squat. I know how to teach the snatch. What I didn't know how to do was actually run a gym, open a gym. I, you know, what, what's a, what's a, a P&L? You know, what are all these different things? Well, so living in, in Virginia, there's this uh, organization called the Small Business Development Center. And uh, it's in every major city in Virginia or county. And so um, I reached out, you know, I went to the library first and I'm trying to build this business plan. And I'm like getting nowhere. I'm like, I don't know what any of this means. So I reached out to the Small Business Development Center and I was assigned a business coach to teach me how to build a business plan. And, uh, and so it's a free resource. Uh, you know, the, uh, you know, Virginia is really uh, into like, hey, if we can help people build the bones of a good business through education, the business probably has a higher likelihood to succeed. So um, it took me about nine months to build the business plan. Um, and so going, making that transition from coach to owner, I had already thought about a lot of things I never would have thought of if it wasn't for that business coaching up front. And so the transition was, um, 
it was hard um, because it's something that's new, but I, I felt very prepared for it. Oh, how cool. What a neat resource that Virginia has. I, mm. I wonder if that's anywhere else in any other states. I have no idea. That's a something to look into. All right, that's cool. A, that's, a, that's, a, that's a Google task right there. Oh, yeah, I'm, and I'm a pro-Googler, so I'll be Googling <laughs> it up. Affiliates, hit the Google, get, get Googling. Mm -hmm. But, well, and, and it's so neat to see that, obviously, you learn some stuff that kind of works because – you're still around, you know, your business is still there, which is pretty great. Um, and I know like one of the reasons I want to talk to you today was because I kind of want to talk about how you've, you've kind of looked at different, um, probably the best way to call them is revenue streams inside your own business. Now you, you have CrossFit and that's your bulk and, and that's guys, your, it sounds like it's basically your core, but then um, outside of that, you have a lot of different options. I know the first thing I reached out to you was like, you have a parties and events option, which you can have like kids parties in the box, which is kind of crazy and but makes sense because kids love the rings um but i just kind of want to talk to you and you're know, starting off you know what what additional revenue streams does crossfit Berg offer um and how did you kind of come to put those into place and and probably even why have them in the first place sure so uh when we first started you know our core business was crossfit just getting people in uh and, and teaching them through crossfit and and as our business matured we, we realized that people were looking for different things. Um, part of that business plan that, that, that I just spoke about, I had six months after we opened, we were going to start a CrossFit Kids program. Well, two months in, we started a CrossFit Kids program <laughs> um, because the, the demand was there. Wow. And, um, and I follow a uh, – there's this, there's this model called the four-ninths model in CrossFit where – if a coach builds a program, uh, they get 44% of the total uh, of the, of the net revenue. Okay. And so that is, that is how I early, I prescribe, that's how we sort of handle a lot of our, uh, uh, accessory programs, these additional revenue programs. It's some sort of percentage based model. It's not always four nights, but for your listeners that I'm sure a lot of us have, have either, we either use it or we use something like that. So, um, we started the kids program. It really incentivizes the coaches to build a great program because, well, if there's only three kids, the gym's still getting 56% of those three kids and you're getting 44% of those three kids. So the larger the program and the more, the, the more money in their pocket. So it's a win-win on both sides. So we start with the kids program and then, you know, nine months later, people are looking for barbell club. And, and so really a lot of this stuff became organic. Um, and so as we, as we progressed, we added more programs as our population, um, asked for it and grew. So, you know, you don't want to open up a CrossFit gym and then on day two have, you know, eight different programs because that they're not going to be used or you don't have the population to support it. So, um, you know, really check in with your members, um, and see what they're looking for, uh, there's a book called The Pumpkin Plan by Mike Michalowicz. Uh, yeah, it's he, a great book. Great book. I mean, uh, you know, that your members are going to tell you what they want. And uh, and so uh, really a lot of the programs that we offer are just organic outreaches of what our, our members want. Now, our members also want everything for free. They pay their CrossFit membership, right? And they're like, hey, I'm paying this money. You know, I want barbell club, I want open gym, I want, you know, X, Y, Z. So 
really then you have to start to transition to say, okay, we need to put value on, on things. And so Barbell Club and that coach who's teaching it has value. So it's an add-on. It's an a la carte option. Um, because if you're, you know, just to use round numbers, if your CrossFit membership is $100 and, you know, that's just for CrossFit, but then all of a sudden you're like including Barbell Club or some sort of accessory sort of class, you're, you're now you're stretching that $100 to pay for that coach and the time in the gym with that same hundred dollars, really, it, it, it it's it's diluting the the amount of revenue. Well, it, it's diluting the revenue because there's not additional revenue coming in, but it's really diluting your profit and the money that would go back to you as the the gym owner. So, um, I'm a big fan of having. Hey, CrossFit is our core service. You sign up for a CrossFit membership. That's and then you get to choose these different areas like barbell club. So we have a strongman club. We have a gymnastics club. All these different sort of things. If you want to come to uh, our muscle-up clinic, that's another way that our coaches can make money and in a way that the gym um, has another revenue stream. Or if you want to do a uh, double-up clinic. Or I did a running clinic two weeks ago. Uh, and... It, it was, you know, it's, they sell out and, uh, it's a great way for the gym to make money. Um, now that we're in the summertime, a lot of people, I know, uh, a lot, you know, my gym included, we're getting either holds because people are going on vacation. People, we have, we're down the street from a local college. So kids are going back home. So they're, you know, maybe canceling or putting their membership on hold. So there's all sorts of like maybe loss of revenue, but, but, the way that we can sort of uh, uh, stem the tide of that loss of revenue is having these specialty clubs that help keep the revenue. It might dip a little bit, but you're not seeing like a drastic loss um, of revenue. So having different revenue streams can really help you, um, you know, build your revenue base up and also help stem the tide when, when, when business is kind of taking like a seasonal dip like it is now. Mm, yeah, no. And, and I'm kind of curious because I'm sure affiliates would maybe want to know, like, how have you built that mentality with your membership and, and them seeing the value of those programs? Because you're right, people want things for free as often as they get things for free. And I know some affiliates struggle with, you know, being like, well, I don't really want to ask them for more money or, you know, people aren't going to pay for that. So how have you gotten mm -hmm. your members to see that value in those clinics and extra, extra add-ons? So, um, well, one, uh, you have to always preach about the value, um, uh, to your members and it needs to, it, it's a cultural thing. If your gym culture is, you know, as a gym owner, give, 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 and the, the, your members are going to expect everything to be given to them. Um, I tried an open gym, uh, membership with our regular CrossFit membership very early on. It was, I did, it was like a three month experiment because I, I wanted to know is open gym something that people want and would they use? Well, it, yeah, absolutely. People used it. People would come in, but then what started happening, even though there was rules like, Hey, if you're coming in at one or 2 PM, it's, this is my time to either work, you know, on, on the business or work out. And what started happening, people would be like, Hey, Jamie, can you write me a program? Can you do this for me? Like, the, there were there were no boundaries, and even though I would 
I would hold the boundary and say, hey, you know, this one time I'll write something for you, but open gym is not a time for you to get coached. It's not a time for you to be, uh, uh, you know, asking uh, questions for programming or anything like that. You should have a plan when you come in. And so one, uh, you know, we went like three months and then I said, OK, next month it's going to be 20 bucks. It's just a simple $20 add on because I wanted to see who really what like was going to use it for the purpose. And like I think we had, you know, I think people were coming in like 20, 20 people, you know, a day for open gym and like five people signed up for it. You know, oh, so like, wow. yeah. And, and that was fine by me because I want people to value what the service is and that, hey, you know what? That's an extra hundred bucks to the gym. You know what I mean? So now my time is freed up because the people understand the rules and, and things like that. So very early on, I started a culture of if if you want something that is extra, it is, well, extra. There's there's I don't think there's any other, you know, uh, fitness business out there. I mean, you go to a Gold's Gym, you want personal training. It's extra. You know, uh, there's the yoga class there, you know, it's extra. Everything is, is a la carte. And we do that because I don't want to charge my members $275 a month. Like they'd be like, well, I don't want to do all those different programs. Well, you're paying for it anyways. Like I want them to have the choice to pay for it. No, I think, and I think that's a really good like lesson and takeaway that affiliates maybe need to grasp and then realize it's maybe more about the quality and getting the quality versus the quantity of people who sign up or, or giving them more. Um, cause you, as you've found, like people will pay for it and if people can pay for it. That'd be great. That'd be great for the business. So exactly. yeah, no, for sure. And I know, so what, what maybe are some of your, your top, uh, you know, additional revenue streams in your business? Sure. Yeah, so uh, personal training is uh, number one. Uh, we do a lot of personal training, and uh, you know, which is great. Uh, that really is one of those things that has been pretty. Uh, you know, I talked about the seasonal dip. That's pretty seasonal dip proof. Um, dip proof. Uh, That's great. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. I mean, we have we've had some people. Hey, well, I'm going to go on vacation for a week. Okay, well, they still bought their you know twelve. 12 session plan or whatever, you know, it, so it, there's no hold or anything like that. It's just that they're not going to be around for a week or two. Okay. And then they come back and they're, they're right back on the, on the horse, so to speak. Um, so that's our number one. Um, strongman is number two. Uh, we have a, we, our strongman program. It, it, it's, it is an additional revenue, revenue uh, stream, but it is a beast into itself. So they're, that if you're doing strongman, you're probably not doing CrossFit because it's a four or five day class and it, it, it'll beat you up pretty good um, if you try to do both. But uh, that that's a pretty uh, robust program that we have. Uh, those So those uh, PT, strongman, and then our kids program. So those are our top three. Um, and then uh, uh, our fourth would be nutrition, then yoga. Um, and uh, and then we have that the parties and events that, that, that you wanted to talk about. So, um, with parties and events, it's, it's one of these things where we have lots of kids in our gym. And so we have parents who want to throw like a CrossFit kids party or they want to, we do obstacle courses and stuff inside the gym for our kids. And that they, they, you know, they want to do like a mini, 
uh, uh, Ninja Warrior type of thing going on. So, so we, we do that for them and, you know, we'll do it on the weekends. And, uh, and so it's not a, right now it's not a huge revenue driver, but it's one of those things like all it has to do is click with like five or six parents. And then all of a sudden those five or six parents bring in their kids and then those kids, parents see it. And, and so it's kind of like a, an outgrowth of that. So it's, uh, it, it's something to fill the weekends with that dead time. And it's also serving your community as well. Yeah, I just, I, I remember seeing it. I just thought it was so interesting because that's not something I typically see on affiliates' websites or as an affiliate offering. So I was mm-hmm. just like, you guys do what? <laughs> but mm-hmm. it makes sense. And like you're saying, like if you have that dead space, that dead time might be the thing to think about. You know, what, what can you fill that dead space with or that dead time with that you can do well, probably? So um, now, like with each of these things, like with the parties and events, you know, the strongman, the personal training, I mean, maybe not so much personal training, but the kids program. Do you have someone in charge of each of these? Uh, so typically, uh, you know, I'll sign a coach who's passionate about uh, whatever it is. So we have a barbell coach. He uh, he um, has been to uh, the American Open. I think he's a three, three or four time American Open uh, uh, athlete. So, you know, Olympic weightlifting is his passion. So, so he runs that, our strongman coach, he absolutely, I mean, if you ever saw him, he looks like a strongman. You know, he's like a, he's a big old keg of a man. And, uh, and so, yeah, he runs that program. And then, um, recently in Feb, uh, I'm sorry, March, we hired a general manager. So like he takes the lead on a lot of, uh, the other sort of, uh, ancillary programs like he he really likes the parties and events program like every time that comes up he wants to to lead it so go for it um our kids program um uh, we typically have a coach who who will be in charge of it um but right now that coach actually just moved so we're in a in a transition period where i think we're like some two coaches who are in charge but they they report to our general manager but typically there's a a person who is passionate about it that leads that program. I would rather have someone be passionate about it than me saying, Hey, you, you're in charge of that because if they're not into it, then the program will suffer. Yeah. Now my only question was with that is if you have someone who's passionate about it and they leave kind of like what happened with the kids program, but it sounds like you have people coming in and stepping in, but what do you do then? Like if the passion person leaves and the program you know, maybe doesn't have a leader anymore. Like, do you mm-hmm. try to fill that spot? Like, is it, does it die off? It's a next person up mentality. So we always have people, um, on the sort of in, on the bench, if you will, looking to, to rise up and become that, that leader of a program because they know with the, with the percentage based model that we do, that there is, there is this incentive to, to run a good program. Okay. Yeah, no. And, and actually, when you first said like the, the four nine model, I was kind of curious if, if coaches maybe get, do they ever get over eager and like always shoot program ideas or initial revenue streams out? I'm like, I want to do this. I want to do that. And you're like, mm. absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So you have to like kind of rein them back so, in and be like, whoa. Uh, sort of. What we do is we actually have um, a, a program uh, builder template. Oh. So it's basically like building a mini business plan and they have to fill it out before they come talk to me. So if you want to have a, if you want to do, you know, uh, something, I don't know, a crawling, a crawling seminar, like to teach people to crawl well. Sounds great. All right. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, here's the program builder template. Fill it out, and then we'll chat about it. Hmm. So okay. interesting. What are some key highlights on that program template? Um, basically, what what is your why? Why why do you want to do the program? What is the structure? Who's your target audience? How are you going to uh, basically market to that target audience? Is it going to be? It's going to be for athletes outside the gym, inside the gym, both. Um, what is the uh, the programming look like? Um, so those are some of the highlights. Okay, interesting. Would you say that you accept more of these business plans than like deny them? Um, I would say that uh, if I see that there's a lot of work that's been done in them. And even though if it may not be a perfect plan, then I'll sit down with that coach and, and mentor them on how to, and, and kind of like, Hey, this is what I'm looking for. And so it, it turns into a, a, a really nice lesson for them. They're like, Oh, okay, this is how you, you present something or how you build something. And so most ideas are pretty good because it's in the fitness space and they're, they're looking at it through the lens of like our, our, our members and what they're looking for. So most times I say, yes, there's been a few, um, a few things that were just, uh, maybe a little bit outside the box, like, uh, getting on the water. Like we do have like a, some rowing clubs around us, but th that was just the logistics were too tough that yeah. for, for, as an example. Okay. Yeah. I know that makes sense. And kind of, kind of speaking about like logistics and stuff, I, I also just want to pick your brain about how you go about determining some of the things like, you know, cost and, and, um, the percentage even that the coach is going to make and, and how things are going to run. Like when you haven't even, you know, put the program into practice, like how do you go about determining that and, and kind of laying it down so it can have, you know, a foundation of success? Yeah. So, um, so we first started off at that four nines model. And then, um, as I was seeing that these coaches were, were not sort of, uh, they, they were coaching it, but there was a lot of like maybe business side of the house that they weren't sort of able to fulfill to, for that, that true four nines. So what we've done is, is we, we have like sort of a, a graduation structure where they'll they'll start with a smaller percentage but as that program builds out due to their due diligence and their hard work then they can they can work up to that that four nights okay so you really kind of give them a motivator a driver to pour a lot of effort and time into it yeah and exactly because it is percentage based that they're still gonna make it you know a nice a nice chunk of money um, the gym just gets more because I'm more hands-on with it. So the more I'm involved, the less they make, the less I'm involved, the more they make. Oh, okay. That, no, but I mean, it makes sense. It's logical. It makes sense of the way you do that. Okay. Interesting. Um, and how, how do you go about maybe even measuring like the success of a program and if, and you know, additional revenue stream and if you should continue on with it, you know, what are maybe, what's the mm -hmm. cutoff point or. How do you go about even measuring and, and taking data from that? Um, so it depends on like kind of what the program is. Uh, we'll take our Cross the Kids program. Um, we started off where we only wanted, we had, we have a, we call it little dogs and big dogs. Our little dogs were three to six year olds and our big dogs were seven to 10. That's so cute. And, and we started off with um, uh, six per, six per age group. 
and it would sell out, sell out all the time. And then we upped it to eight, sell out, sell out. And so really what we try to do is because of that, that percentage based model, I share with the coaches like, Hey, if we get so much, this is what you'll make. And it, it's a number, like it, it's a, it's a number that they're like enthusiastic about. So, um, they, they're like, great, you know, six, six people will get hit that number. And then it's like, okay, well, if we go eight, we'll bring an assistant coach on and you'll still be able to hit that number because we're going to take that assistance coaches pay out of your four nights because, well, it's your program and you, you, you need this help. So the gym's not going to eat that cost. You as that intrapreneur inside the gym is, uh, is going to eat that. So, um, that's, that's kind of how we, how we gauge the success for us is just like, did we hit our number of, of clients that we wanted to, okay. that, that we wanted to hit? Because if it's percentage based, the gym's always going to win. Yeah. In, okay. in my opinion, yeah. some, some people may argue, argue that, but if, if I'm always making 56% or, or higher, that's a win for me. Yeah. Okay. No, that makes sense. And, and I'm also kind of curious, what's even like the benefit, you know, of having these additional revenue streams like for your staff and like, why would you even maybe encourage affiliates to think about that for, um, the staff's benefit? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one word retention. Um, if you're, if you have coaches that are looking to make a career out of fitness, they need to be able to make a, a, a living doing it. So, um, offering personal training and these different sorts of revenue streams is going to help them stay at your gym. So you're going to retain them. You can develop them, um, and they can develop their, their own, their own skill set at your gym instead of you pouring a lot of hard work in them and making them really good CrossFit co coaches. And then the gym down the street is offering more possible, more, more, uh, possibilities to them. And, uh, sorry about that. That's all right. We, we have a spe we have another special guest on the podcast today. Yeah. Jamie's dog. His name, yeah, his name's Willie. Willie, come here. Hi, Willie. Yeah, he can't hear me, but you guys can't see him. But oh, he's adorable. He's a German Shepherd. Yes. He he'd eat is. your face off. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> continue on. But uh, yeah, we, we digress. Um. So yeah, so it, it's retention. I want my I want my coaches to stay stick around. I did, so I don't have to hire someone new. You know, every three or four months, um, I pay all my coaches. Um, I know that's a big topic in uh, CrossFit land, and uh, I pay all my coaches. Uh, I pay my assistants. The only ones that don't get paid are my interns, um, and and I hope to pay those interns when they earn the right to be paid. Again, it helps with retention. I value their time, um, and so when we when we value people's time, they they typically stick around. Yeah. So having multiple revenue streams affords me the ability to, to to pay the coaches to stick around. Yeah, no, and that's I mean that's so important, especially in business that's built on relationships and and your staff and having them there. And I mean, gosh, I'm just thinking about all the coaches I know and how connected they are to the members. Like it's important to keep them there to continue to build those relationships and build that community and culture in your gym because that's what keeps people around. So no, for sure. Um, and I guess, Jamie, kind of one of my last questions for you, you know, what advice would you give to affiliate owners when it comes to, you know, adding all these multiple revenue streams, even, even maybe evaluating 
what revenue streams they should do and, and why yet again, they should think about expanding beyond just one thing. Mm -hmm. The, uh, the the biggest takeaway is, is that your members are coming to you to become more fit. And so keeping your, your ear to the floor and, and really asking the questions like, what else do you want? What else do you, what other sorts of services do you want us to provide here? You know, um, a barbell club, that's usually the first thing that, that gyms can go to that's pretty easy lift because one, they probably have a coach on staff who is really excited about Olympic weightlifting. Um, and you can get that coach excited about generating more revenue for themselves. So you know, don't, as a, an affiliate owner, don't limit yourself because you don't, you don't want it as a, as a, as an athlete, like find out what your athletes want and, and then build your programs around them. And if something doesn't work, it's not the end of the world. It, it really isn't. Um, if you, if you do a program that's just not taken off, you know, maybe you re reboot it. I've had, I've tried to do a ladies only boot camp like two or three times and it has failed so much. And I have like a, I think my gym's like 55% women. And so like my women weren't coming into the boot camp; They were coming into my CrossFit classes. So I, you know, it's, it, that's something that I have failed twice on. And I, I don't know, you know, I, I haven't cracked the code on that. So if something doesn't work, it's not that big a deal because if you're doing percentage based, uh, revenue with your coaches, you're always going to be ahead. Even if you're not. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I think those ladies just want to get strong and lift weights. They're probably just a bunch of weightlifting ladies. That's what and, it is. And, and, and you know what? That's totally cool with me. You're like, it's fine. As long as they're coming, that's great. <laughs> yep, exactly. exactly. No, and, and two, just uh, real quick, um, mm -hmm. I know you mentioned you, you guys have a couple of clinics, and I just didn't know if maybe you had any advice on that in terms of offering clinics and, and, and seminars for the membership and, and what's the benefit behind that as well because that's another great revenue stream. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Clinics are awesome because it's uh, you can charge maybe a higher dollar amount um, uh, per person because it's like a one-day thing. Uh, also, I use clinics to help roll out maybe a reboot of, of one of my uh, – standard program. So like my, uh, my strongman coach, he will run three or four strongman clinics a year to get maybe interested members in to then transition to strongman. Every time we start, so we, our barbell club goes in 12 month uh, or I'm sorry, three month or 12 week increments. And so every time we're going to do a, a, a barbell club two weeks prior, we always do a barbell clinic. So we want to make sure that these new members, you know, they have an opportunity to try it out in a low, uh, low pressure sort of way. They're paying for a one day clinic to get better. And if they're like, wow, this, I, I, this resonates with me. Uh, I really like the way the coach teaches it. I I'm going to, uh, I, I value this service. I'm going to sign up for the barbell club. So it's also a great way to precede any sort of your, uh, of any of your like standard clubs that you have in your gym. Okay. Yeah, I know it's awesome. It's probably nice too because you can do them any time of the year and you know boost maybe that summer kind of dip that you were talking about. It, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, for sure. Man, 
Jamie, you got some good stuff going on over there. That's awesome. That's really cool. Trying, trying. <laughs> trying. You know, Every you day. know, I started. Uh, true, I started off this call saying that it, you know the uh, the when I was not a gym owner, it was a hustle, right? It now it's just a hustle inside my four walls, mm. and uh, I, I I'm very lucky to do it. Mm. Yeah, and it, I mean it's cool to see where you've come from and now where you are and and how you've been growing and and changing lives. I think that's awesome. I think that's the coolest part about the affiliate owners I talk to is the change and positive impact you all are having. And I think that is one of the neatest parts about this business. So absolutely, just keep, keep plugging away, keep hustling hard. So that's what you got to do. But awesome. Well, Jamie, any other last advice when it comes to multiple revenue streams, add-ons, anything like that, that you, you would like to impart on other affiliate owners? Uh, charge what you're worth. You, you offer a high value service. If uh, Orange Theory down the street is charging 180 bucks, you can charge $180 too. So charge what you're worth. Um, you're doing important things. You're saving people's lives. You're affecting lives. And, uh, and there's nothing wrong with making a living comfortably doing what we do. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Know your value. And then let other people know your value as well. So Exactly. Awesome. Well, Jamie, thank you so much for just letting me pick your brain, talk to you about all this. It's cool what you guys are doing. And hopefully it maybe sparked some ideas in other affiliates and, and gave them some good advice and steps to take on, you know, adding clinics or other programs or parties and events. Who knows? You guys could start throwing kids parties at your gyms. Um, exactly. Yeah. But seriously, thank you so much. Super appreciate you have, having you on the show today. And yeah, it's been fun. Bye.